You know, one of the things they missed, which I laugh about today when I ran for governor, they never found it out, and I've admitted it since, so it'll show up now. But they never found out, because I'm sure they would have tried to use it, even though it's irrelevant. And if I'd have gone for president, they would have. You know what that is? What? <clears throat> I used to be sergeant-at-arms of the Mongols Motorcycle Club. Yes, yes, I do. That's Mongolian food. It is Mongolian food. Is is the Rock Mongolian? He looks like a good. He could be a Mongol. He definitely looks the part. Do you know who else uh, actually is a Mongol? Who the greatest Minnesotan to have ever lived? Prince Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, that's a good one. Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. He he uh, was, is, and forever shall be a Mongol. Not of the ethnic descent, but of the motorcycle club. Yeah, you know. In honor of The Rock's Cooking and uh, one of the greatest Minnesotans of all time. I forgot about Prince. Jesse the Body Ventura. I think we should do an episode on the Mongols. Sounds like an excellent idea. There you go. So with that said, everybody, welcome to episode 82. The Mongols Motorcycle Club. Wow, that was wild. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, she was beaming for that shit. Like, <laughs> Where are these guys? Uh, I'm like, I'm like, I'm low key, low key freaking out over my notes situation, but. Nah, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about the Mongols yeah. Motorcycle yeah. Club. But before we talk about the Mongols Motorcycle Club, I think we should uh, address. Let's touch uh, on last week's episode. Uh, MTV News. You hear it? Fucking Burke. Do those like this is Alex Jones with MTV News. This is the only <laughs> news outlet that I can get work from. <laughs> Fucking, I, I, I think MTV News is a more repu- a reputable source than Alex Jones would be, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like even Where's today, Kurt Loder at, today, man? Kurt Did Kurt Loder die? What was that blonde hair lady with like that buzz cut? Oh, 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 oh! Not Tabitha Soren, but um, the other, the other female buzz cut. I, the buzz, buzz. What's up, buzz? Anyways, what happened, Eric? So on last week's episode. So so last week's episode, we were talking about uh, John Bonet Ramsey, and it's very timely uh, because uh, we were talking about some of the fucking bullshit. Think uh, uh, of that as fucking uh, documentaries mm-hmm. uh, that were coming out. Uh, CBS put out one fake news, and uh, yeah, very much so fake news to the point that uh, Burke sued them for slander. 
And just this week, just earlier this week, mm-hmm. I guess they settled. And Burke, my my initial number was uh, six hundred and fifty some odd million dollars. Good lord! The number I'm looking at now is seven hundred fifty million dollars, which what? is like like three quarters of the way to a billionaire, dude. Three. All because his sister died. Yep. And you know what? That dude now he he can go home. He can buy two planes. He yeah. can buy all the fucking pineapples he wants, Doc. Fucking all of <laughs> them, man. Fucking the fancy ass ones too. Of of the, they're always uh, in season. The Illuminati <laughs> of the is Monty. behind the Jambonet Ramsey That's murder right. mystery. They're taking everybody to Valencia to the concentration camps ran by Joe Rogan. Like fucking. Um, I I just. It, it, by it's, the way, I'm gonna talk like fucking Alex Jones throughout the whole episode. Okay. Oh, okay. That's fine. You might want to sit away from the mic. That's all. Oh, okay. You're allowed in my in my in my hands at least. I don't know. What did uh? Could be. Alex Whatever. Say. Technical stuff. Oh, Alex is saying stuff. Um, oh, Alex is saying that uh, she just clogged, uh, checked in to say hi. Or, oh, no, she's already out. I'm waiting to do her. She's uh, already, so. damn it. But what you know, guys, we are live on Facebook pretty much every time that we record. So if you want to watch this thing live, you can uh, just uh, go and like the page. And go on Facebook. And if you watch us live, we give away prizes. Yeah. No, yep. no we do. We okay, just yeah, to each sure. other. Yeah. Just to each other. Yeah. Never yeah. never to any of the uh, the people out in the, the, in the audience. We so, do need to send some prizes out yes, because we, we got some prizes from other people. That's so. true. We get more than we give. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so the case of John Bonet Ramsey uh, was the name of the documentary. And uh, they did, they did it, it aired back in 2016, September. And they said that uh, basically it was a defamation case that mm-hmm. Burke won. Because I guess they hinted very strongly that it was Burke. Which, I mean, if you're not an actual authoritative figure in a court of law... I guess you can't really do that without it being called libel or slander, depending mm. on where you fucking do it. So I don't know. Fucking that just seems like bullshit to me. I willy nilly. We, we were fucking talking about how Burke did it last week. Okay. You were talking about that. <laughs> I said it was Santa Claus. OK, you- that's true. That's true. You know what? I, I said it was I'm an gonna, accident. I said she fell down the stairs. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say that it was either she fell down the stairs or it was, it was Selena's the, manager. God it damn was it. The, uh, uh, the fan club. It was the fan club president. Yeah. Because shot Selena. Uh, How would you know? Sorry. Oh, because you confessed. Big deal. I saw the I Jennifer know. Lopez movie. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So I'm gonna say it's one of those two because either it was Santa Claus and he's dead, or it was John Bonet accidentally and she's dead. And so you know, fucking no one's gonna sue us. So yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna change my. I'm gonna change my answer now. Changing your tune. Huh? Changing my tune. All right. What are we talking okay. about this week, Jacob? We are going to be talking about the Mongols Motorcycle Club. Eric. Yep. yep. Because I believe last time you called them a gang, or not Mongols a gang, but the last motorcycle club we went over, you called them a gang. And motherfucker, I had to smooth everything over <laughs> on Instagram. So to this date, the most downloaded episode of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast featuring the Dr. E.B. Castillo That's me. is the Hells Angels episode. And the most feedback I get on our, you know, our forms of social media, which I run, by the way is about that episode and you know you get a lot of hell's angels hitting you or quote-unquote hell's angels hitting you up saying oh you you misinterpreted the facts and blah, 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 you got this wrong you got this wrong and then you get the other contingent which is you know the mongol motorcycle club hey how come you guys haven't done anything on us da, 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 you know and so it's only appropriate we we do things fairly that's right and we address both clubs right right so on. this is uh i guess uh, i guess a continuance of that episode uh we hit on the fact that the Hells Angels' biggest rival is the Mongols Motorcycle Club. That's right. And um, just to put this out there, I, we tried our best to do as much 
accurate resources or research as possible. You know, that way we get everything correct. So I have a couple of verified sources who wish to be nameless, uh, who you know, who are giving me some good information. So when I would do my research and have a question about something, I'd hit them, hit them up, and you know, they would you know let me know. But yep, they chose to stay anonymous. They were asked to be on the podcast, and they said no, and I do not blame them. So yep. especially since I am a federal agent, goddamn it. <laughs> oh, I didn't even. But not that kind that. of federal right. agent. Like, no, I don't, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that kind of federal agent. I'll just probably just laugh and just be like, "All right, dude, go ahead, he's, do it that way." The government he's, shut he's down anyway. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not getting paid. Yeah. So, what do I care? Do do what you got to do, boo. You, you know what started with that, right? Fucking uh, after Democrats took over the House, fucking uh, Trump called in and was like, "Hey, it's, you know, technical support. My government's not doing what I wanted to do, motherfucker. Like, what, what, you know, is there? What, what, what can I do? How can I fix this?" And uh, technical support told him, have you tried shutting it off and turning it back on again? And here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric's weekly dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so do, 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 we are currently in the, the longest shutdown in American history. Here we yeah. go. There you go. It's your America, people. <laughs> Remember that. That's right. <laughs> I am free to make the jokes that I want to make, goddamn. Do Do you, Eric. Yeah, I'm not holding you back. Do you. I'm, right I'm nobody's father. You do what you want to do. <laughs> you want to wear a plam- flamingo <laughs> outfit? Do you, man. You know what? I thought we. I told you that shit in confidence, dog. I feel like one day you gotta show up on the podcast wearing a full on Bjork style flamingo. Oh, what does she wear? Uh, swan. She wore a swan. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you're, you're that. Kind of the Bjork of this. Podcast. No, I remember that because I remember when she because that was for the Olympics and she for was, the Olympics. Those were like the Grammys. No, 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 no. MTV for, Music Awards. No, no, it was for the Olympics. She came out like onto like ice or something like that, and like it was the giant fucking. Oh no, no, no. no. I'm thinking what of a different one. What are you talking about? I'm thinking of a different thing. She, what are you looking up on Pornhub? Up, sir fucking bjork and during the olympics in a giant ass dress oh, but God. she comes out in a giant ass dress she's singing a song and the entire time that she's singing bob costas is doing commentary over her singing and it's like dude really bob costas like we're trying to have an artistic moment here and all you can do is comment on the amount of fucking slave labor that was involved in making this giant fucking dress really dude <laughs> very bob costas anyway the mongols <laughs> none of these is mongols quite like bjork go um, ahead Eric. go ahead jacob views and expressed here <laughs> send the hate mail to jacob pixon that's, no, right. Yeah, nope, that's right nope 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 so anyways mongols motorcycle club so uh in the beginning god made heaven and the earth and on the second day he made the mongols nope that's not actually how it works. but anyway so who are the mongols they're a motorcycle club from montebello california now yep. montebello california I believe it or I believe it or not is like around East LA. Yeah, that is, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. It is a uh, subset of LA. Yeah, so it's around like South. I, to me, like if I can remember, like my childhood visiting with relatives, it's around Southgate and stuff like that. So it's a very to me, it's very comparable to is East that a Hispanic neighborhood. Oh, very Hispanic neighborhood. So for <laughs> me, it's very comparable where we're from, or minus Eric, me and Art, where we're from, East Bakersfield. So it's a very Hispanic, you know, neighborhood, very Hispanic culture. So. Way the Mongols got started is pretty much like how the Hell's Angels got started. It was a club, a motorcycle club formed um, by vets. You know, um, I think we covered this in the Hell's Angels episode where we said, "Hey, you know, people coming back from Vietnam." No, uh, World War Two. Oh yeah, World yeah, War Two. Yeah, II. yeah. But I think uh, for the Hell's Angels because this was in '69 that they were formed. Uh, yeah, Mongols. 1969. Yeah, the Mongols. You know, it was the way for you know veterans to come back. You know, right. and, and to have that brotherhood. You know, with um, with people that they they've seen some shit, you know what I'm saying? They they can't just go to bonds and fucking start bagging groceries and shit and be you know, you know. Right. It was being, it was it was a lot of Vietnam vets that were used to a a volatile, but still very regulated, very rigid lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of having to live where at any moment you got to bug out. 
Yeah. You know, you got to every you have everything. It's, it, it's a weird dichotomy in the fact that uh, you're out there and you're living a very rigid, like the same fucking schedule every mm. fucking day with the back of your mind that at any given fucking moment you're saying fuck all of it we are you know we either got to pack up and we got to we either got to run we got to run two we got to you know be in a firefight we have to you know whatever the case may be yeah you know and so it's this weird thing this this weird like you're always going through the same fucking routine mm-hmm. but at the same time you've always got in the back of your mind this this weird tension this weird just constant you know on the alert and you don't get that a lot when when you get back stateside unless yeah. you find a large group of people with that same mindset. Mm-hmm. And it, like uh, I was at the gym, you know, listening to a podcast uh, that was trying to cover the same subject. And um, I got bored with it because it was like kind of like how you were saying about the John Benet Ramsey, uh, those podcasts when we were doing that last week. Yeah. Where it was just like it was very bland. It didn't touch on the heart of it, like wh- why they you know are the, what the, the way that they are. And it's kind of like I was after that I got bored. I started listening to music, and I was listening to you know Metallica, and and her Sandman. It was the first song on the Black album. It's like Sleep with One Eye Open, and I was like, Yeah, that that's perfect. exactly yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're always sleeping with one eye open because you know you never know when Charlie's gonna come from behind a fucking palm tree and fucking you know snipe your ass. You know, yeah. so you gotta you gotta watch your back. You gotta watch your brother's back. You, get, you know, you're constantly on alert. And you can't just expect somebody to, you know, just fly back to, you know, stateside, like I said, and start bagging groceries at Vons and be like, you know, just well adjusted after that. Yeah. Like, no. And I have a friend, you know, who went to Afghanistan and we were having, you know, Veteran Appreciation Day. And, you know, we have a lot of these quote unquote veterans that you'd be like, oh, what did you do, you know, when you were, um, you know, in the service? And they'd be like, oh, I cut hair. Oh, I swabbed the deck. I did this and stuff. And then my friend gets up there. He goes, yeah, I hunted terror. And he's like, out of all of those, like he's the most, like he, you can tell, like he's got some PTSD going yeah, yeah, yeah. on. And he was just like, you know what? It's, he he he's very by himself unless he's with his, you know, war buddies. Mm-hmm. And it's just like to me, that's like the same thing going on here. You know what I'm saying? You got these Vietnam vets; they're coming back, you know, to East LA. You know, they're not gonna work at the taqueria. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're not gonna work at La Villa making tacos for your grandma <laughs> and shit. Like, come on, man. You know, I'm sure some did. No, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm sure some did. Shout but out just, to grandma's tamales. It's all about it's oh, all about adjustment. Yeah. Oh, grandma's tamales is so good. Like, oh, yeah. like both my grandma's tamales and the restaurant <laughs> grandma's tamales. Yeah, shout out grandma's tamales. Um, there's a place in Pacoima. Oh my god, they have some bomb ass food out Pacoima? there. Pacoima, Pacoima. Yeah, just uh, east of Northridge Vesita, mm-hmm. oh. about uh, 15 miles east of that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I believe it's called guarraches is what they make. Oh my guarraches. god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fucking bomb. Anyways, so you're not gonna go work at the guarraches shop or whatever and yeah. shit like that. You, you know, you're used to like you know a lot of testosterone. You're used to you know, just you know riding helicopters. And you've shit. got you've got PCSU like a motherfucker, and no way, especially like like just even just now, are we starting to like understand how to address it properly? Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, there's no fucking way. There's you got nothing, you know. Yeah, and then these people now, are. This com- is the time of in a time in a history where they were calling it like soldier's heart. They had no idea what PTSD really mm-hmm. was. They yeah. just thought it was kind of like something that happens, and you don't really talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under the rug, man up. Yeah, yeah you know, it was yeah. a lot of that. Yeah, exactly. And they came home, and they weren't. They didn't come home to a hero's welcome either. Yeah. Like they were like, looked down upon, so they couldn't yeah. even get jobs at you know Albertsons or Vons if they wanted to. You know. Yeah. So what do you do? You know, you're gonna be with people that understand you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You're going to surround yourself with some kind of support group. And, hey, motorcycles. It's, it cures that need, you know, for that adrenaline rush. Because yep. I, mean, I don't think Magic Mountain was invented at that time yet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Call of Duty definitely wasn't, you know, invented at that time yet. And I don't think Call of Duty would be a good thing if we're something <laughs> like that either. No, but, uh, you know, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> like, 
you know, that's not only you, to me, you think about that. Even my grandpa who was in World War II, like he, you know, he built a hot rod so fast. <laughs> he couldn't just gas it up at the gas station. That fool had to take that shit to the fucking airport and fucking fucking right. get it fucking filled up. So everybody was just like on this like constant like adrenaline rush. So you get with these a motorcycle club and you start a new brotherhood. Basically. Yeah, exactly. So. And and a lot of these that's exactly what it is. And there's there's a lot of motorcycle clubs that kind of come out of this. And uh, all, all of these after most most like wars and whatnot. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, or or parts of it major upheaval changes in culture we see like uh, motorcycle clubs or, or other types of things other groups really start to come together uh, because people are kind of out of place they feel out of place and so you know the mongols definitely were not the only motorcycle club to come out of uh, vietnam but they are one of the more infamous ones um, and they do they do qualify as a one percenter motorcycle club mm-hmm. uh, the one percenter club being uh, this idea that there's so many so many motorcycle clubs out there and 99% of them are law-abiding, you know, citizens. But then there's this 1% that get labeled, whether appropriately or not, the 1% that get labeled as outlaw motorcycle clubs. Mm-hmm. And then when I asked about this to, to my sources, I was like, to you, what, what does it mean to be a one percenter? And he goes, it doesn't mean that I'm a lawbreaker because he goes, at the end of the day, you know, I'm, you know, I'm coaching Little League. I'm doing, I'm doing yeah. just Ooh, everyday dad damn. stuff like that. He goes... You know, for the most part, I uh, he goes, I abide by the law. Yeah, I might fucking you know speed, but fucking Susan, the fucking uh, soccer mom, she speeds down the highway too. God damn you, Karen! <laughs> yeah, that is a crime too, by the way, putting goddamn raisins in macaroni and cheese. <laughs> but what I, he goes, he goes to me, what it is to be a one percenter is, it's just like we're the one percent that doesn't abide by the fucking AMA, American Motorcycle Association's yeah. rules. He goes, when I'm out on the, he goes, when I'm on a motorcycle, it's about freedom. It's yeah. about, you know, you know, having no worries, having no care, just being with my brothers, you know, just getting out of the stress of everyday life, yeah. you know, and then knowing that, you know, if I get into a situation, my brothers are going to be there to back me up 200%, you know, not even 100%, not even halfway. They're going to be there with me uh, 200%. You know, it's, yeah. he goes, it's almost like a life insurance policy. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be taken care of. My family are going to be taken care of. And he goes, the AMA, they're not going to fucking take care of me. They're going to want me to pay like $69 every year just to fucking just be what they want me to be. Right. You know, and that's not what it is when you're out in the open road. That's not what it is at all. And he said, he goes, I read this book in high school, by the way, too. But, you know, I didn't appreciate it at the time. because The Catcher in the Ride. No. um, uh, uh, Oh, shit. The Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And I remember reading that in high school. And it was a very, like, surreal book. You know, they talked about that. You know, just the... Just the just the rigors of you know working on your own bike and you know motorcycling from like here to Montana or whatever yeah. would you yeah. go and he goes he goes there's a certain amount of just like freedom that just cannot be you know articulated that you get from that and he goes and you're gonna have some group dictating how I should be how how much freedom I should have and I was just like oh okay I get it yeah, yeah. that what that one percenter means to them. On the outside looking in, you're thinking, oh, okay, it's just some group of freaking cholos just driving on their bikes. And on the it, it is really accelerating. So, like, working at Toyota, I actually don't like saying where I work. But anyways, <laughs> working where I work, uh, a, lot of people, working at a lot of people ride motorcycles. And so, like, I, you know, hanging out with them or, like, letting, like, learning how to ride a bike over the years and all that stuff. It's kind of life changing, man. It's a mm-hmm. it's a different experience altogether. Like it's it's not like riding a car. It's not like driving a car fast. It's not mm-hmm. like anything like that. It's like I'm still really chicken shit, so I <laughs> I, I don't see myself like like making that my number one 
source of transportation but like hats off to them like i get it like i get mm-hmm. what they're what's up like and that and it separates that that very fact right there that you you just said right there it separates it separates not just to say you but people like that with that same mindset that hey i can't do this from them you know yeah it's almost like with me like my my car is a stick shift it's always like oh, okay i can drive you know if i left my car unlocked i was at the barbershop earlier and i yeah. was like I think I left my car unlocked, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I ain't gonna worry about it. It's stick shift. How many people on the east side are gonna learn how to know how to write fucking steal a stick shift anyway?" So yeah. it's, got, it's like one of those things. It's like it separates you from the pack, you know, yeah. basically. So we see a, a group of bikers come together at 69, uh, in 1969. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are Montebello, and this is a largely Hispanic group, actually. And I believe the first uh, group was about 15 members. Mm-hmm. And now we've grown to, again, a largely Hispanic biker club that is that has chapters in Germany, in Australia. And when I looked at the numbers, I was looking at numbers of anywhere from 1,000 to 1,500. Mm-hmm. So relative to other um groups this is actually kind of a smaller group a more intimate group kind of as it is i asked about that too and i was like why is it so much smaller than like a club like the hell's angels it's got a name that rivals them yeah and he goes you got to understand it's about quality not quantity exactly and it's something we'll get into a little bit later yeah. too which comes into like the inter rivalries of the yeah. group and whatnot so one of the things that i know is that they have uh and kind of like you said the qu- the quality and the, and the quantity not the quality, not quantity. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the whole idea that, you know, everyone's got everyone's back. The fact that it is a smaller group makes that a little bit easier. It does make it a little bit more intimate because it, it, it's it's not as it, it's one of those things that doesn't get quite as watered down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? As It's like when the NWO started letting everybody and their mother <laughs> into the group and like yeah. they would like the ring was just filled with like, I don't even know who the fuck that wrestler was. And he turned NWO two weeks ago. Like, I, don't, I didn't yeah. know who he was before that. To figure out what you know what I mean? Fucking. Uh, but the Mongols do have five commandments, and it is very much so about the group, and it's very much so about the organization as a whole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so number one is a Mongol never lies to another Mongol. Uh, number two is a Mongol never steals from another Mongol. Number three is a Mongol never um, uh, never messes around with a Mongol's old lady. And number, Hell no. f- number four is a Mongol never causes another Mongol to get arrested in any way, shape, or form. And number five is a Mongol never uses his patch for personal gain. So all all very noble things. Yeah, and, and and all of it is and all of it is about this, you know, this isn't about you. This is about us as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that's and, and that's again is is largely instilled in this idea that this is uh, a brotherhood that was brought up from a different brotherhood in mm-hmm. war times. You know what yeah. I mean? And also too, um, the reason why they splintered too. Because uh, I guess, too, they, the reason why they are the way they are is because the Hells Angels wouldn't let Mexicans or Hispanics join their club. Yeah, which yeah. we touched on in the Hells Angels episode, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, you're, so I mean, that's got to be another, you know, another big thing is the fact that not only are you getting back and you want to make this motorcycle club and, you know, you're being rejected by society as a whole, but a lot of people are getting rejected by mm-hmm. the anti-establishment the the hell's angels or whatever you know the the local uh, mc would have been at that time or wherever you were you know and so there's you're just getting totally shut from the, everywhere uh, what's the black motorcycle gang the dragons or something like that uh, i think so i, I don't uh let me sorry i'm kind of put you on a spot there but i just i don't know if any yeah you know, it is the dragons yeah now the dragons yeah. okay just i was like man it must be even tougher to be a black motorcycle guy because really it's kind of like the rock world yeah if you go to a rock concert it would probably be like 
I don't know, like 50% white dudes, mm-hmm. like 30%, probably like 40% like Hispanic, at least for us in California. And yeah. then 10% other, you know, like yeah, yeah, Asian, yeah. black, whatever, you know. So, yeah, I could see it being like that, especially in California. Like, in, you know, both Hells Angels were from San Francisco. San Bernardino. San Bernardino. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it too, like, to go back on this, like, because like, I, I'm really fascinated with like, uh, you know, early like California history because that class I took at BC with yeah. uh, Beeman. And um, things like this, like, really fascinated me. But, like, in the 60s, like, L.A., like, we think of L.A. as a very liberal place. But there was a time in history, L.A. was not like that at all. It was very segregated. Yeah, yeah, um, like Chavez Ravine and all that. Level. Yeah, yeah, like, that's why t- even to this day, like, East L.A. is very uh, Mexican. You got South and Central L.A. is very black, you know. And then, you know, you got your northwestern parts, which are very white, you know. is because... Mm-hmm. Because of that segregation that even L.A. has and still has to this day. Yeah, it's like an so. unspoken. Mm-hmm. It's very unspoken. So, like, when you got a group that's basically from, you know, the barrio, basically, like East L.A., like, yeah, of course, yeah, you're going to have this group. It's going to splinter away from the Hell Angels. Yeah. Uh, and actually, here in, like, Kern County, in the Central Valley, we have a relatively large, um, as far as, like, you know, um, motorcycle clubs go, we have a relatively large Mongol presence here. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's, um, and I didn't notice that for the longest time until after we did that, that episode, like I was driving home from work and I'm like, Oh, okay. There's a Mongol right there. there's the, yeah. And for the most part, like, and I'm not just saying this just to get them over or whatever. Cause I know a couple of them are going to be listening, but for the most part, like they're cool dudes. Like I'll yeah. like be like, Hey, you know, you know, give them like a little high or whatever. And they'll be like, Hey, what's going on, man? Go about their business. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember going up North and when we went to WrestleMania, you know, towards San Francisco, you see a lot more Hell's Angels. Yeah. And I was like, you know, you do the same thing. Oh, hey. And it's just like, fuck you. You know, it's like a very more hostile thing, yeah. you know. So it's just like, I'll say that you know, about yeah. the Mongols. They're a little bit more accommodating. So. At least the ones that you have come across. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> but there, there's a, a big um, history with, uh, specifically in Delano. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's chapter 13. Uh, the, the, it was headed by a Mongol by the name of Mello. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I'm totally wrong about this, you know, someone please feel let me know. This is my Mello understanding. Jacob. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Feel free to, to shank Jacob. It'd be fine. You know what I mean? Uh, I got enough fat to cover it. <laughs> Uh, fucking, so you have uh, Mello, uh, who is, if I if I understood correctly, was was running Chapter Thirteen, and he gets into some bullshit bar fight um, there in Delano. And by bullshit, I mean like it, by my understanding, he's fucking outnumbered and all this stuff, and he just totally, you know, fucking busts in some skulls and whatnot. Um, sits right back down, starts fucking drinking. Because, you know, he's a fucking movie action hero, evidently. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's Ming. He's yeah, Haku. Goddamn. Um, <laughs> But then he he goes out after like you know totally laying down a bunch of guys that you know he was outnumbered, going outside they come back with weapons and then you know they shank him and they kill him oh, right man. there in the parking oh, lot. Man. And so he is has become uh, almost folklorish, almost you know. Have you ever seen Afro Samurai? Um, That's what that reminded me of, yeah. like where he yeah, like yeah. fights like thirty dudes and he just goes inside to go drink lemonade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn. And so and so, but that that is just right up uh, right up the road here about not even what 40 minutes uh up at delano well if i'm driving maybe 20 (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but you know so we do so we do have that presence here in town you know it's it's not like a constant reminder like you know just driving up and down the street and whatnot but the central valley which is a largely hispanic population yeah you know does have a presence delano is kind of a weird dividing line if you keep an eye on like highway 99 and like like where I'm at most of the time, you know, there's a Harley Davidson store right there. So I get to see a lot of them driving past there and all that stuff. And like, 
they'll like ride in packs. I'm not saying them in particular, but different like motorcycle clubs. Yeah. They'll ride in packs, and it's like it's a very fierce thing when it's like, when you hear like you know twenty motorcycles riding together, mm-hmm. and it's like that engine is loud as fuck. Yeah. And it's very loud and intimidating. It's like goddamn. It's it's a very uh, literal you know idea of the pack is safer together. You know what I mean? Because obviously you know all of the the you know we got each other's back. You know whatever whatever. Woo, 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 but you know a single biker on the road. You know, good. Even with loud pipes, loud pipes save lives. But fucking, uh, you could still have an issue with a semi that's not paying attention or whatnot. But yeah. if there's a pack of, yeah, fuck, even two or three, you know, two or three bikers, you know, motorcycle club notwithstanding, just in this in group together, that is significantly safer. Oh yeah, uh, just on the road physically. Then you add like ten or twenty of them together, like mother fuck. I was asking one of my sources too. I was like, dude. Because I started to think about it. I was like, okay, like when you go up north and you see the Hells Angels or whatever, there's a lot of fucking land just to fucking ride on, you know? And when I think of like driving a motorcycle, I always think of like, uh, you know, those motorcycle movies or like out in the open or driving to fucking Las Vegas or whatever. And, you know, you're just out in the open or whatever. But when you're riding around in L.A. and one of the documentaries I was watching, it was like they were like in the heart of fucking L.A. I was like. Fool, like on the real, like how, like how much of a fucking nuisance is it to fucking ride, ride in LA traffic? And he was like, "Hey, man, it, it's pretty rough, man. You know, it's it's no different than riding in the car, man. It's a lot of stress." And yeah. I was like, "Dude," and I was trying to make him laugh. I was like, "Dude, if I ever had to do that, dude, I would need like freaking like you know four wheeler fucking wheels on my thing, like like from Bigfoot, you know, like the <laughs> well, monster truck and the, shit." The way a bike rides, it's it's basically a stick shift. So. Instead of this, well, it's it's a progression of the, mm-hmm. the gears are in order as opposed to a car. So I could see how L.A. traffic, that is like hell to yeah. like manage. Oh, yeah. So it's like. Oh. So hat again, hats off to you like again on that because that's something like R said. I would just have no fucking desire to do. And for those of you listening, J- Jacob literally just took off his hat. I don't have a hat. Otherwise, I, I would. But yeah, he did. Yeah, oh, He sorry. did. Yeah. I saw it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I if you're watching it. Facebook Live, uh, you could see it as well. Alejandra. Yeah. Apparently, you're gone, but you saw it, right? Yep, she saw it. She'll see it later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to get into what it takes to get into uh, the Mongols? Uh, I do, but I, I lost my notes on that. So, you know, <laughs> take it take fucking away. Home. Yeah. So, Jesus I'm Christ. so jealous of Eric. Eric can see the TV screen. We're what, we got so the, I, uh, I just have to like stare into his eyes to see what's going on we in are the game. To- we are totally involved and invested in this. <laughs> in, in, in the art of indie podcasting, we are all about this. And that is, we definitely do not have the Saints and Eagles on in the background. Not at all. Not at all. But I, every time your head flinches, like, oh, my God, something amazing happened, I want to, like, look over there. I'm like, what the fuck, Eric? <laughs> For the record, it's 2014 Saints. So oh, okay. Thank God. It's very time yeah. in history. So. <laughs> <laughs> at, uh, what are we looking at? At uh, 425. 420, bro. On, uh, no, you missed it by five minutes. <laughs> So originally, you're supposed to, you know, it's kind of, again, kind of like the Hells Angels, you know, sac- you know, sacrifice me if you may, if I get this wrong, but you have to have a Harley, you know, <coughs> to yeah. be in this, to be in the Mongols. Well, I think you have to have a motorcycle. I don't know if you have to have a Harley. Yeah, that originally, yes, you had oh, to okay. have a Harley Davidson. I mean, the rules start to change, which we'll get into a okay. little bit later, but yeah. Um, yeah, basically you have to have a Harley, but um, the same way you have, um, if you're trying to be a part of their club. You can be a hangaround, and the way it was described is when you're a hangaround, you're treated really good. Is because hey, we want you to join our club. We want you to be a part of our brothers, and it's also a way to say, see, like, what's your character like? You know, so you're treated really good. You come to all the parties, you come out to all the cookouts, you know, hang out with all the hookers and the strippers and whatever, all the girls that are there for the taking or whatever. You're treated really good. So you're at this point, yep. you're just a yeah, hangaround or whatever, and <clears throat> you don't have you know 
anything, any, any, you know, badges or patches on you at all at this point. You're just hanging around. You're just someone that's associated with the club, basically, right? And then after that, if you if you're serious about joining, this is when you be, um, go through what's called prospecting, where you're a prospect, and um, you're treated like shit. Because I would imagine you get hazed. You get yeah. getting hazed. You're getting. You're seeing if you can fucking handle it. It's kind of like Eric's first hang. week here when he was trying to join the podcast. We treated him like shit. That's right. Yeah, I fart in my hand and throw it in his face. That's true. He shit. did, and I just had to. I just had to fucking ha- take it. Fucking, you guys actually got Rainbow Sasquatch's pubes and fucking yeah, dude. <laughs> made them into a drink for me. You fuckers. That his microphone was even plugged in for like the first four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe you get um, one of the rockers. Um, I wasn't able to get what it was but somebody please correct oh, i thought oh, you were still talking about me like like I, you didn't give me a rocker what the fuck are you talking about top, right. top rocker bottom rocker I, it makes more sense if you'd have the top rocker right because yeah. yeah. you got to earn like the california and the yeah. actual like yeah. middle patch which is the logo but um they say this about this is time you know it's about six months of you know prospecting or whatever and so you know you go like you said you go through you know initiation processes it's like a lot like like a fraternity or whatever right mm-hmm. so you're gonna be doing some dumb shit and i think this is where you know a lot of like the bad, you know, publicity, I guess you could say from them, you know, gets, you know, drawn from, you know, basically yeah. because, hey, I mean, you want anybody to be a part of this like serious group, like you're going to put them through some shit. You're going to see how much they're willing, you know, because the saying always goes is like, hey, I know I'm going to take a bullet from one of my brothers and one of my brothers are going to take a bullet from me. You're not just going to let anybody into this group. No, so, yeah, 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 you're going to put them through some shit and have them do some shit. To make sure, okay, are you serious about this shit? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love both of you guys, but honestly, shit, you know, if there's a fucking bullet or whatever, I'm going to fucking throw something at it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to fucking put my head up in there and yeah, shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you got to establish, like, this is like a ride or die. This, is, this is someone that, that will jump for me and that I am willing to jump in front of the bullet for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is some serious shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I said, I love both of y'all. You know what I'm saying? I'll do as much as I can, but there's no reason for both of us I'll to do die. my best. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> so, OK, so then, like I said, this usually lasts about six months. And then to be fully patched, you have to be unanimously, unanimously voted in by everybody in the club to be fully patched. And at this point, you do get the, you know, the top rocker, which says Mongols MC. You get the bottom rocker, which is which has the California, you know, insignia at the bottom. Or, you know, Utah or Nevada, wherever you're at this time. But we're just going to use California because, hey, we're a California podcast. Yep. And then the middle logo, which is the Mongol. The Genghis Khan. Um, it's Genghis Khan, uh, a muscular Genghis Khan on a bike uh, brandishing a sword. He's got a sword? Yeah, he's got a sword. I thought he had like a fucking... A pinwheel? No, he didn't have a pinwheel art. Pinwheel? Pull that up. <laughs> uh, hold on. This doesn't make sense. I, don't, I didn't My see research no is all messed up it's now. Like, he's not like like swinging it around, but he's got it like down. like It's almost like in his vest. Oh, okay. Oh, you made it sound like he was the Prince Ali fucking just like holding it up like this and shit. Like fucking Prince Ali. Dude, I'm just telling you right now, I love the push Muhammad Ali is getting right now on SmackDown. Fucking Muhammad I, Ali? Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Ali, yeah. Muhammad Ali. Mustafa sure? Ali. Mustafa Ali, there you go, sir. <laughs> I lo- well, I love the push that Muhammad oh, Ali is getting, too. Oh, he is. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is some Mandela effect bullshit yeah. right no, here. He's got, oh yeah, he's I, I've yeah. seen he's this logo yeah. so many times, and I've never noticed that. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. Oh, man. He got some sick-ass bell-bottoms, too. I will say this, though, and fight me if if you disagree. Oh, Oh my God. Yeah, Yeah, they're not straight. Global. Yeah. I think this is probably the best motorcycle club logo that there's out there. 
And I'm not just saying that to kiss ass, but I think that is the best fucking motorcycle. Jacob said it. Jacob said it. I'm staying mum on fucking. I'm gonna say like I have not seen them all, so I won't put my two cents <laughs> in. No, but have Jacob, you seen some of them? Some of them look like fucking like me in the fucking kindergarten. Drawing. <laughs> I have seen. Uh, so I work with a lot of like Christian motorcycle gang guys, <laughs> and like like the Holy Rollers and things like that, and where it's like. Those are questionable logos. Yeah. Where it's like a Bible on fire and there's like a sword in the background. It's like, oh man. Isn't that a hate crime though? <laughs> well, it's like the, the Bible is like enlightened. I don't know. I don't want to say they're the holy rollers. They might not be the holy rollers. They you know what would be a else. sick name for a fucking Christian biker group? The holy divers. Holy divers. And it would just be Ronnie James Dio riding in the tiger. Oh, it could be a tiger. Yeah, like yeah, that one. Yeah. That's the, what's shit? the that dragon's logo? I'm gonna look it up. I don't know, but but anyways, continue, Jacob. I'm just imagining now like a motor, uh, uh, a tiger, but with like instead of legs, two wheels, front yeah. and back, fucking, and instead of like the uh, um, the easy rider, instead of the backing on that, it's just the tail. Oh yeah, of the tiger, and it's yeah, farting yeah, flames yeah, yeah, yeah. and shit. I don't know about all that, but you know. yeah, fuck my logo's got that shit <laughs> in my head. But anyways, back to the Mongols. They're fucking. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. that's pretty sick. That's a dragon. yeah, yeah. Dragons has one. I still like the Mongols better. Anyways, <laughs> Jake said it. They're Jake saying it. is respect few, fear none. Yeah, and I think I believe uh, their their current president, um, uh, little Dave Santian, he has that like he has like a sick like tattoo of it right here on his chest. Looks fucking sick as good. Who somehow see, is still a better leader than Donald Trump? Jacob so. said right here on his chest. He was actually pointing at his chest. Yeah. And if you join the Facebook Live, you can see me yeah. say that. So, and they they describe their structure as very military. So they have you know, um, you know, like a structure. Like you have your head, which, like I said, you know, their head of right now is David Senti, and he's the current president. And he's been president since I believe two thousand eight. And um, you know, they have vice presidents. They got you know soldiers in arms. They have all these different positions. So you have ranks, just like the military. Yeah. And like Eric was alluding to earlier, you know, when you come from that world you kind of hold on to those values like because you know that's to me i feel like like that's your safe spot you yeah. know what i'm saying like like my grandpa talk, going back to him he was a world war ii vet he he very much relied like on that structure like he'd wake up at no matter if you know he had the day off he had the week off even when he was retired he'd wake up at the butt crack of dawn fucking make his bed make sure everything was just you know just like perfect you know perfectly you know <clears throat> folded you know creased and, up and shit and, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. even people i work with now you know like i said you know, that they'll come in with creased pants or whatever, and it'll be like Levi's or something like that. So yeah. people, you know, they hold on to the, these values because this is what they know. This is what, you know, survival meant. So for them, hey, this military structure works for them. Right, right. And it's one of those things where you know exactly where you stand. And if there is an issue, you know what kind of a, if you have a foot to stand on or not to begin with, just because you're arguing with someone up or down the line. You know what I mean? And there is a clear cut way to work through issues and a clear cut sense of, Hey, I'm in trouble, you know, whether it's within the group, uh, you know, a, a disagreement I'm having with someone else mm-hmm. or outside of the group, I have my chain of command that I can go through. Mm-hmm. And this isn't, this isn't just, you know, I'm at work and during these eight hours, hours of the day, you know, I can, you know, if something's happening at work, you know, here is my supervisor, my manager, you know, my, the site manager, the whatever mm-hmm. it's in life in general, I know that I got guys that I can go up or down or, you know, I, I just need something done. Fuck it. I got guys, you know, that just, you know, fucking need to be hazed in anyway. Mm-hmm. Fucking send them to go do the shit. You know, there's there's a very, very set uh, 
guidelines and, and rule set and just understanding of where you exist in the world. And like I was saying earlier, I was like, this is a very noble concept. You know what I'm saying? It's like a self-governing concept, yeah. you know, and which I respect a lot because it's like going back to like the 60s, like I said, where Vietnam vets are coming in and they're, you know, they're not getting shit from us. You know, the government yeah. failed them, fucking society's failing them. The only people they can rely on is themselves. You know what I'm saying? They can't even rely on police. Like some of the like the, the videos I was watching, you know, like they would just get targeted anyway. So it's right. just like, why am I going to rely on anybody else other than people that know what I'm going through? So, I mean, and it even boils down today. You know what I'm saying? You, in L.A., you really think you're going to like, you know, go to the police with any issue or whatever? Or even here in Bakersfield, you know, like some... I'm sorry if there's any, you know, police. Like I even said it myself um, in a, you know, one of the posts um, that I always <laughs> comment on. I call the police right now for some issue. They're not going to show up for like another hour and a half or, or, you know, maybe not even the next day. We even saw it with that video with the dog, that lady that, that was dragging that dog behind her in that bird scooter. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're you're not going to find exact justice all the time, what, whatever the problem is with the police staff. But so... You, you know, you go into that mentality like I, I can't even rely on, you know, the society I'm living to take care of me. So I, I need this. Yeah. You know, I need we, we need each other, you know, take care of each other, how we need to be taken care of, because the same way that they need to be taken care of is not the same way, you know, fucking Sally down the street is going to need to be taken. Care and of. what's interesting about, you know, especially at that in that time period was that was a big that was one of the big factors that got Nixon uh, elected was the fact that he said that he had a plan to bring you know the boys back from vietnam where mm -hmm. they shouldn't have been to begin with basically you know we've been here for x amount of time i remember how, uh, at that time what he the what he had said but you know we've been there you know this hasn't worked you know other people have said that we can try this that and the other to get them back like no we're j i've got a plan fuck it we're just gonna bring it back mm -hmm. he never quite said what the plan was but you know he that that <laughs> he was what said he said you know yeah <laughs> that's all that matters um and so and so that was a big thing but even then you know there was promises of bringing them back but there was never any guarantee about what what was going to happen to them once they mm -hmm. were back, which is kind of still a problem, you know, today with with a, yeah. a lot of veterans, you know. Yeah, that um, just happened recently. Regardless, regardless yeah. of the branch and regardless of, uh, you know, level, whether it be a reserve or, or you know, uh, fully enlisted or been there for just, you know, doing your single tour or, you know, been a lifer, whatever the case is, that still, that still is an existing issue. Yeah. My um, friend earlier that I was talking about, like he was a Marine, like I said, his, his fucking title out in Afghanistan was fucking terrorist hunter. I'm, I'm doing all this I, research. I don't think the government actually gave him that No, the title. government didn't, but the people around <laughs> him did. But I look at him, it's just like, he can't find happiness in anything, not yeah. even his own wife and kids, which is sad. And it's just like doing research on this. I was like, damn, this fool sounds like he needs to join a fucking motorcycle club. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like, I don't want to be the one to tell him that. But it's like, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> but you might as well do it. Yeah. It's yeah. just like if he told me the, like tomorrow or whatever, he's like, hey, man, I listened to your podcast about the fucking Mongols. I'm going to go join him and shit. I'd be like, oh, duh. yeah, you probably should. dude, <laughs> Because it just sounds like the group for you, dude. Yeah. But um, yeah. So, I mean, this was their original intent for them was to for this. It was basically, you know, a Vietnam support group. So. Getting into like the timeline of it, um, not to talk too much about who they are, but um, I guess their first turf war uh, with the Hells Angels started in uh, the mid to late 70s, uh, where it was the fight over the California Rockers. So um, we touched on it. In, oh, yeah, we did touch on it. Yeah. Yeah, we did yeah, touch yeah. on that in the Hells Angels episode where it was just like, hey, the Hells Angels own, thought they owned just the only rights to have that, you know, 
bottom rocker that said California on it. They 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 claim California. Right. You can claim a city. You can claim you know a certain you know subsect or whatever. But the but the state California that is ours. Yeah, quote yeah. unquote, belong to us. And so the you know the Mongols they have this you know bravado that's like hey, like I, like I was talking about freedom. Like this is why we're considered one percenters. Because we don't want to be told what to do yeah. by another group, especially a group that's fucking hating on us because of basically because we're Mexican. So, hey, we're going to use the, at first they said, OK, we'll use Southern California. And so they had like a small, like little, like tiny, itty bitty logo that said just Southern California. So yeah, like yeah. you still like if you're on the freeway or whatever, you just all you basically see is California. But that didn't sit well with it's the, the fine print. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, exactly. It's literally, fine print. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> their mom or whatever they sewed their name into their underwear was like, "Mijo, let me put that right there." For Southern you. California. <laughs> they put that on there. What's so. going on, Eric? I keep seeing you look over. Uh, there. Fucking Saints missed a field goal, oh. so it's still 2014 Saints, and uh, Nick Foles is trying to uh, make a comeback. Oh. Uh, he just got hit, potentially hit late. The Eagles love missing field. Uh, um, no Saints. Saints. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Continue. You poor, poor art. Yeah, you have flashbacks. Ah. Okay, <laughs> you're having your PTSD yeah, moment. Yeah, I'm gonna go join a biker gang right yeah, now. There you go. Club, uh, club. Oh, sorry, as Jacob's talking, I'm like, I think Jacob's talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am the terrorist hunter. <laughs> Which that, that kind of brings up a quick point. Just a quick aside, because uh, Art has PTSD from the Bears game last week. Um, but it's Pretty just much. not. It's just not war. There's a lot. PTSD can is. Uh, onset by a lot of different things um physical traumas mental traumas you know just seeing things um and there there is uh, some proof to say that you know there is actual it is physical damage like there is lesions on the brain that form so you know don't think that just because you weren't being shot at or whatever the fuck um that you don't have ptsd or that you don't deserve to have you know help or whatnot so if something happens, something traumatic, and, and you're you're freaking out about it, fucking go go check it out. You know you you know PTSD is not something that is uh, uh, should be fought over, or you know uh, is someone is worthy of or not worthy of. If you got it, you got it. So you're not weak because you have it. Let That's me just right. say that. There you go. So anyway, anyway, continue. That's my little. I'll get off my soapbox now. So this is pretty much like the first like major bloody war that they went through. And um, a couple of the stories that I was watching when I saw this was um, uh, there was a funeral for you know one of the Mongols. And uh, what was happening is, you know, they, you know, they were, you know, giving their grievance at the, yeah, uh, yeah. the funeral. And so I guess a car rolls up and somebody lays down a red and white flower arrangement um, down on the, you know, the, uh, what's it called? The grave. On the grave site or whatever. On the tombstone, on the, uh, the grave site. The, yeah. 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 And then all of a sudden the car blows up. Ooh. Yeah. So that, that's a, one of the first fucking up, you know, parts of this. And, you know, the red and white, that, that signifies that it's like what, you know, Hell's Angels color yeah, right yeah. there. And then another one was, is uh, there's a bike shop and um, somebody comes in, you know, to have like a tire fixed and patched up or whatever. And it wasn't a Mongol that was working there, but a little brother of one of the Mongols. Uh, he was working there and um, he went to go fix the tire and then the tire blows up as well, killing him and yep. blowing up the shop yep. and just, you know, trolling. So there's this big, this is basically where like, you know, everything kind of kicks off. You know, they're kind of like, you know. You know, it, light rivals at first, if I can say that. Um, but then after a while, you know, it starts to get it fucking intense. Fuck. It's it gets, blood yeah. intense yeah, yeah. because it's just like you got this big back and forth. This is just them going, you know, back and forth at each other's necks, you know. You know, hey, you know, and this is where, you know, this notoriety comes from as well. Because right. it's like, like you said, you, you swore basically a blood oath to protect each other. And 
the other guys on the other side, they swore the same blood oath as well. Yeah. So you got this whole big back and forth. And it's like I said, this is where this the original notoriety takes place. Yeah. And, and it's it's it does become very bloody very quick. And it, it maintains that bloodiness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and even if uh, um, even if the entire organization is not um, criminals, you know, they they will even admit, you know, that there is there are, you know, within the, the organization, there are criminals, but those act as individuals. They do not act in mm-hmm. the interest of the Mongols. Um the, the criminal element within the organization, along with the criminal element within the Hells Angels, and they've they have they made it fucking crazily bloody. It it, it is like a, a a bloods and crips kind of a situation. Yeah, you know, in in a uh, uh, conflict on site uh, kind of a situation mm-hmm. within the criminal elements of those organizations, of yeah, course, because the only laws they were going to recognize are their own. Right. You know. Right. And um, at, this. Goes on and on and on and on until about Laughlin, um, the Laughlin incident, which we talked about in the original yeah. Hell's Angels episode. Um, this happened in 2002, and it was the River Run, um, uh, you know, meetup basically. So, yeah. you know, and yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Laughlin, Nevada, yeah, no, no, but well, anyways, you go to any of these like smaller, like Nevada towns or whatever, and it's like this cheesy, like version of Las Vegas, yeah, you know. You have Las Vegas, which is basically, you know, L.A. with more lights, you know, mm-hmm. a lot more fucking shit to do. It's very touristy, basically. Yeah. But it's there's if you're a fucking biker club or whatever, you're not going to fucking want to have like when you're meet up there. You know, they have like Sturgis or whatever, which I believe is like in North Dakota, I want to say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, North Dakota. So you're going to want to go to these places where you're going to have a little bit more riding freedom, you know, and then like more relaxed laws, like Laughlin or whatever. So uh, the basic like agreement was, hey, um, we're going to stay, our club's going to stay at one end of Laughlin, uh, the Laughlin Strip, and the other's going to stay at the other end. Yeah. And I believe, you know, the Mongols, their their end of the Strip was going to be Harris. And so at this time, the president of the Mongols was Roger Penny. And he was trying, you know, to me, like, he's, he's one of the original members that, you know, kept to these, like, values. Like, hey, right. we're not a criminal enterprise, we're just a group of, because he's a Vietnam vet as well. We're just going to keep, you know, the brotherhood, you know, we're going to watch each other's back, we're going to do what needs to be done. But hey, we don't go looking for trouble, but we will end it, you know. Yeah. So, um, according to him, because um, I was I was using him um, for his portion of the story, because I always believe there's this person. If you have like a conflict, you got one right. person's story, right. this person's story, and the truth. So it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'm using his portion of the story for this. So what? According to him, you know, hey, they they're 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 up in you know Harris. You know, this is their you know their you know clubhouse basically. Yeah. Uh, for the weekend while yeah, they're there sure, for yeah, that. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, a group of Hell's Angels come in. And they, I guess they start, you know, asking for trouble and fucking start pushing people around. And Roger goes up and you talk to one of them. And he's like, hey, man, like, what's going on, man? I thought we had, like, this loose agreement. Like, you guys would go over and be doing your thing over here. And uh, and then the documentary cuts away. You know, it's the Hell's Angels. You know, they have, like, a big group around them. They're doing willies and, you know, doing whatever and whatnot. And I guess, you know, the Hell's Angels were pissed off because a couple of Mongols were in the crowd, you know, just, just walking around, right. just, just surveying the scene, you know, just looking at the women, you know. Because, I mean, it's, it's like, like I said, it's like the Las Vegas Strip. You just walk down, you see what's going on or whatever. Yeah. Not causing any problems or whatever. Right. They're just walking around. But the Hell's Angels, they took that as an insult because it's like, hey, go over on our side. You know, what the hell are you doing over here? And so they, they're having a bit, uh, I guess, a talk back and forth. And there's fucking actual casino footage of this. You know, and then Roger, he's just talking, you know, to whoever he was talking to from the Hells Angels side or whatever. 
And, you know, as he's talking and, you know, recapping his portion of it, you know, you see the video and you pretty, it pretty much lines up to what he's saying. He goes, if you see me, I'm talking to them. We're laughing back and forth. And then all of a sudden someone like starts uh, um, stabbing somebody and then I get stabbed in the back. And then before you know, it, this big brawl just ensues. Yeah. So basically at the end of it, two Hell's Angels dies, two Hell's Angel um, members die and a, a Mongol dies as well. Yeah. And so this kicks off like an even more intense fucking um, chapter in the Mongols' history. Damn. Yeah. When, which, when was this? Um, Laughlin, 2002. I believe also that was a, a Pomona police officer uh, died in that one as well. Oh, really? And, that was, and so that was another big reason why uh, it was... Uh, that one was very much so caught on by the police um, mm-hmm. and by authorities because not only was this, this huge deal, you know, in a public space, but, you know, also an officer died while in... Uh, I'm not even sure if, if you could say that they were actually involved in it. They, I think he might have just been there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, trying to take hold of the situation, as a police officer would. And, Which I could uh, see as well, because there's yeah. a lot of police officers that have, like, motorcycle clubs as well. Yeah, yeah. there's there's a motorcycle, like, uh, clubs for, like, almost anything. So I'm yeah. sure police have their own motorcycle club. Oh, yeah, definitely. Even not a one percenter, but yeah. No, 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 no. They're 90, <laughs> 99. 99. I want to see the... Uh, <laughs> Like the Corvette <laughs> owners motorcycle club or the, you know, the, the Mustang owners motorcycle club. You know what I mean? Fucking yeah. Just, just the, yeah, we're all together because we own a car that we never drive around together. <laughs> I think it'd be fucking fantastic. Group yeah. for everything, right? Yeah. Fucking, uh, so I kind of want to take uh, at that point, um, that 2002 situation, uh, uh, battle, uh, brawl, whatever the fuck. Um, that's kind turning of, one point. of the, a turning point. That's kind of also not just for the Mongols, but also uh, for the police. It's kind of a big part in how the police are trying to approach the Mongols and mm-hmm. uh, uh, motorcycle clubs in general, you know, the one percenters in general. And so it's kind of starts off this big investigation, uh, not investigation, but but a, a, a project, black something. I don't know. I had them black here somewhere. Black Rain. Project Black Rain. And so... Not necessarily because of that, but that is definitely a big catalyst for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see various uh, uh, attempts at trying to, to bring down these organizations uh, from within. And so there's several times where uh, there have been a couple of cases where authority authoritative members actually infiltrate the club and become full patch members. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there were four members of the ATF mm-hmm. that uh, became club members. I, I heard it might have been two different times, but I saw that it was four men. I also saw that it was two men that became full patch members and two women that were uh, that were their girlfriends, you mm-hmm. know, pretending to be at least. Yeah. And so they got in and they, they tried to get as much information as they could. Um, they tried to get uh, and I, I mean, to do this, like these guys are getting tatted up and all that stuff like they're mm-hmm. going like you, if you're getting full patched, like you were talking about earlier, Jacob, you know, you're, you're, you're the dirt. people, the people get involved, getting getting you involved. The people that are going to make you a full patch member, they're like, this is someone that I've got to fucking take a bullet for if need mm-hmm. be. You know what I mean? So. You know, they're fucking getting down with this shit, you know. Um, and it's also a, an important uh, time frame, too, because this is when uh, leadership goes from Roger Penny. Like I said, he was no. an original member and, you know, he held on to those original core values. It was more or less, like I said, it was a brotherhood. It was a club or whatever. And he his one of his um, one of the people he actually brought in actually uh, starts a coup and throws him yeah. out of the club. And uh, his name was Ruben Doc Cavazos. Now they called him Doc because I guess he had like his like certificate or something like in like radiology or something like <laughs> like yeah. his actual like day job was like he was a radiologist or something like yeah. that. And um, but he was also somebody that was actually from the streets. Like mm-hmm. he, um, I was watching his documentary too. I was watching his shit and like his biography and whatnot. Like he grew up like in street gangs, you know, like yeah. you know, like those 
like for us, like we live in the Loma right now. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just like just mindless street games. It's not it's not even organized. It's not even yeah, anything yeah, that, yeah. like anything um like 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 a motorcycle club that has like you know some noble ideas to it. Like like hey, you're just you're just there to be you know a little piece of shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's where he came from. And this is where Roger said, you know, hey, I reached out to him, you know, to bring him to you know a better a better life or whatever. And he re- he came through the ranks basically. And he threw him out because he thought Roger was weak. He said, how are we going to have this go on, you know, and, you know, we're going to have people die and we're just going to talk to him. Yeah. And so he's just like, he threw him out. And this is also where the club starts to change. And it's an unfortunate thing because, like you said, like the the authorities, they're starting to come down on the Mongols. Right. And one of the authority members, they were saying, uh, one of the questions that was asked by a reporter was like, well, how come you're not going after the Hells Angels? He goes. Well, because at this time the Mongols were were smaller beans and right. easier to get ahead. Because the Hell's Angels were, were were huge, right? You know, like you said, worldwide, I believe the Mongols are about fifteen hundred, mm-hmm. and the Hell's Angels. I mean, you got one club that's like you know, or one uh, chapter that's just that big, you know. And so, yeah. like they they had a little bit more power, so it was harder to take them down. So, like the, what that you know um, ATF agent said, it was like, hey, they, we viewed them as smaller beans. This is why we yeah. went after them so hard. Was that and a it, racist mark, Jacob? Was that a racist mark? <laughs> half of me, Come half on. of me wants to say yes. The other half of me is gonna be like, "Hey, yo, yes, say no." <laughs> Thought I was the only one that caught that. Nope. No, but nope. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean that—that's the reason the why. caught it too. <laughs> All of them. But the unfortunate thing, though, is, is if it was, if Roger was probably still, you know, in charge at this time. They would be able to see, like, hey, you know, they're just a group that just doesn't take shit from nobody. Right, right, right. But after fucking Doc takes over, this is where it starts to, you know, kind of fall into the hands of the authorities. Yeah, basically. and so, one of the ATF members said that uh, he asked that somebody told him uh, within the group, uh, being a Mongol promises you one of two things, death or prison. Mm-hmm. Now, the argument, there's a couple arguments about that. You know, the first one is from the ATF standpoint is like, all right, you know, we are doing criminal activities and I'm going to tell you right now. Um, you're either going to end up dead or you're going to get caught for something because it's just mm-hmm. going to be that much time. On the Mongols' end of it, the thing is that, like, you know what, we're, we're one percenter. We don't take shit. You know what I mean? We get targeted. Um, so either, you know, you're going to end up shot, you know, by uh, an, an overanxious cop or you're going to end up in prison on some bullshit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That is how they're saying the argument, the, the statement was made. And so... But again, it's it's one of those things that that's up for interpretation, you know. Mm-hmm. And and there's just like a said, there's lot t- of that. There's a they're they're not they're not disagreeing that it's a true statement. They're disagreeing on how the statement was meant. Mm-hmm. And so, at the same time, Doc says, "Hey, you know, we are a very small club. We need to expand. We need to get more power. We need to be, you know, basically where the Hell's Angels yeah. are. Where they're, you know, they're, you know, they have numbers." And to do this, Doc goes back to what he knows. He knows the streets. And so they start, you know, recruiting um, people from, you know, gangs from the streets, you know, yeah. all these L.A. street gang members. And he starts to relax all the rules. So uh, one of the original rules was you have to have a fucking Harley Davidson. You have to have yeah. a motorcycle. You have to abide by the Mongols Constitution, which like you went over, you know, like yeah. has these very strict rules about your, you know, your brothers. And he gets all these, like I said, these just random ass like thugs and street cholos in the fucking group. And all that starts to turn to shit. You start seeing like old school members, and you know, like I said, um, I don't want to call them uh, uh, upright. OGs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. You basically like the OGs of the club. They start to leave the group because they're like, hey, "What the fuck is this?" Like, you got people yeah, yeah, yeah. in the group part time 
they're not even they're not even like uh, taking part in you know what needs to be done you know they're more or less just they're selling drugs they're doing shit they're bringing the name down they're, yeah. they're basically a stain on the fucking organization they don't even ride with us like they're just there to fucking just you know cause trouble yeah. you know and then at the same time we're being looked at by the fucking like authorities and shit yeah. so and, and then another problem with that is sorry guys doing that fucking Alex yeah, Jones impression yeah. fucked up my girl back yeah. I really regret doing that at the beginning of the episode. But another fucked up thing about that is, is a lot of these LA street gangs, they're controlled by La Eme, which is that Mexican mafia, and which probably deserves its own episode or whatever. Yeah. But basically, just in short, uh, La Eme is the Mexican mafia. It's a, a basically a prison uh, outfit, basically. A, a prison gang. Yeah. And, you know, like the Me- again, it's a Mexican mafia. And they control everything that pretty much goes on on the streets from prison. So yeah. a lot of these like random cholos or whatever that, you know, are drug dealers, are criminals or whatever. They're taking their fucking, um, their, their cues from Lame. They're not taking it from. They're kind of double dipping. They're, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can only serve one master. You know, and yeah. that was like the common theme. So when it comes down to it, when you got freaking Doc trying to call shots over here with you. And then you got fucking the Mexican mafia trying to fucking call shots over here. Who are you going to fucking yeah, go yeah. by? You know what I'm saying? And um, that's where another big problem starts right there, too, is because, hey, you got all these, you know, you know, random gang members. Yeah, it's bolstering your fucking numbers. It's making you a little bit more ruthless, a little bit, you know, hey, when you're getting into these skirmishes with the Hells Angels or whatever other groups you have uh, that are coming after you, <clears throat> you, you fucking have more. You got fucking, bodies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you got bodies. But again, like to go back to that quote. It's about quality, yeah, not exactly. quantity. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people from within the organization, they're getting arrested. They're they're the ones that when the ATF members are fucking, you know, pointing at like, hey, it's just a group full of drug dealers and, and you know, criminals. Those are the ones that they're pointing right, out. They're right. pointing out the worst bunches in the group. And by letting in like just all of these random people, that's how you end up with situations where an ATF member is able to go through the entire rigors of getting a fucking full patch. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Of actually getting the, the, the logo on his vest. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's just a precursor to something like that. Mm-hmm. It's that's, that's about as low quality as you can get from that particular mi- mindset, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to kind of talk about. And to, you know, um, I know that one of the things, uh, that's going on right now, actually going on with that with that logo and with the patching, is there's a big effort by the ATF and by uh, the mm-hmm. federal government to depatch the Mongols. Mm-hmm. Um, Damn, and that's actually part of like you were saying, Jacob. You know the fact that they're they're such a, a smaller organization. I won't use the same racist terminology that you did. <laughs> um, the fact that this is a small organization may, means that it's it's easier to kind of pick apart. And so actually, it's a timely thing. Earlier this week, uh, federal prosecutors. Uh, where a jury in a federal court uh, actually voted to actually depatch Mongols. Mm-hmm. Um, still has some sort of rigmarole to go through to actually go through. Appeal rights. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so it's not going to actually get enforced. But uh, I thought it was weird because basically what happened was uh, the federal, uh, this jury said, we're going to take the patch off of. Uh, basically, police can take patch right off the guy's back, literally. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take it off of vests, we're going to take it off of shirts. And uh, any weapons that have the logo on it are going to get confiscated. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, belt buckles, rings, accessories like that, if it's got the logo on it, that's fine. They can keep it. So there's this weird it's, – it's, 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 it's got to be a legal thing. One of those things where it's like 
you have to define every little thing that can every little thing that can. T- but basically, get taken away they're so trying to no fucking starve them out because they're like trying to bar them from even selling it, you know, online, anything yeah. with that logo on it, and because it's an actual trademark which has to be used. Yeah. So, um, just to to back up a little bit, this all start starts, you know, after like two thousand two, after yeah, the Laughlin incident. Uh-huh. So in 2005, that's where the government starts um, Operation Black Rain, where, you know, they have the, you know, the ATF agents go in and, you know, infiltrate the group, get as much dirt as they can on them. And about by October of 2008, uh, they make 110 arrests and get 77 guilty pleas, you know, from quote unquote members. Uh, Convictions. Get 77 convictions, not guilty pleas. Yeah. Well, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They they get all that. And like I said, most of them is from like, like I said, from that, like, that street gang element yeah, of yeah. it. And the biggest, the biggest fish that they get is they get Doc Cavazos. And um, he basically sells out the group. He goes, yeah, I was a part of a criminal outfit. You know, basically says things like a fucking, um, a bird, like Tweety Bird, basically. He says, no. yeah, there's nothing, you know, redeeming about this club, you know. Um, hey, we, we, we are criminals. We are this. We are that. And you see interviews with him. And he goes, no, I only said that to, you know, get a, a lesser plea. You know what? They're not really like that. And then when you talk to actual, you know, verified sources, they're like, no, he, he was a bitch. He was a son of a bitch. Yeah. He ruined the name. He basically, you know, like you, he recruited all these assholes to get into the club, yeah. ruins, you know, the reputation, uh, makes us look bad and fucking, you know, spills the beans. <laughs> 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 fucking spills thinking. the beans thinking. And, and, and fucking calls us what we basically aren't. He goes, at the end of the day, he goes, what he was is he was a, ba- a piece of shit. It was yeah, only yeah, after yeah, yeah. after everything for himself. You know, right. he was only he was stealing funds from the group. You know, a lot of you know the funds that you know that were made by the group were supposed to go towards you know uh, lawyer fees. You know, like when like a brother would go you know to court, like it would be used to pay for those those things. So like when the old president Roger Penny, like when he went to court, there was nothing there because fucking Doc, you know, he was taking all, all the money. money. Uh-huh. And they, they painted the picture. It was like basically like like Suge Knight. You have Suge Knight basically eating really good over here. Yeah. Fucking living in like seven mansions or whatever. And all the while like Snoop Dogg and Tupac, all the guys that are making you that money are fucking are poor. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. they're filing bankruptcy and stuff. And so by, finally, you know, um before the actual and you know indictment comes down on Doc about three or four months before that, the whole group decided to do exactly what he did to the original president. He said they voted him out. Yeah. And so that's the whole argument with the Mongols right now saying, hey, yeah, get him. You know what I'm saying? Arrest him. There is a criminal element. Yeah. Arrest the criminal element, but don't hold the group guilty for what certain individuals were doing because we policed ourselves. Yeah. We kicked those individuals out. We overtook this. And so like when little Dave took over as president, they're like, yeah, we went, we're trying to go back to what we actually stand for. You know, get, yeah, we, all the people you got good, arrest them. They, yeah. They're the ones that are responsible for it. You know, just because, you know, you got four or five people that are pedophiles working at Disneyland. It doesn't mean all of Disneyland is, you know, a haven for pedophiles. That's not, that's not how it works. And so, um, since the uh, 2008, there's been this back and forth with um, the RICO Act, which basically was a federal law that was set up to basically get uh, people in the mafia. Yeah. So, um, in short, because it's a really long, it could even <laughs> be its own topic if yeah, we need to. I, but I, the I RICO scrimmed, Act scrimmed over it. It was pretty pretty complex. Oh yeah, and I got to do that for a living, guys. Like I have to, <laughs> was, I have to interpret it. Like, I have to fucking <laughs> interpret laws. So. Fucking the RICO Act basically was set up to get, you know, like your Don Corleone. So 
Don Corleone isn't out on the streets fucking killing people or, you know, you know, giving the execution order. The RICO Act was enacted to bring down your Don Corleone, even though he didn't, um, you know, murder the guy. He sent the order for the guy to be murdered. He's the one sanctioned it. He's the one behind the scenes. He, he's the one that wants it done. And that is enough. He's mm-hmm. he's it's it's like calling out a hit basically but yeah, yeah, in a yeah. much more convoluted way that's harder to prove in court. You're st- yeah, you you're still the murderer even though you didn't actually lay hands on the yeah. fucking victim. So part of the RICO Act says that you can seize property and intellectual property and things that are associated with, you know, at this point like I'm using like the Don Corleone family, yeah. you know, they're they're fucking olive oil company because it's just a front to, you know, for a bigger criminal enterprise. And so the feds are saying, hey, you got them on one side saying, okay, we got on record fucking uh, Doc saying, hey, you know, I was a part of a criminal organization. And so um, the original initial ruling was, hey, we're taking all we're seizing all fucking rights, all trademark rights of the Mongols, you know, on their website, taking everything from them that they can make money off of because this is a criminal organization. Right. That's what the government is saying, not what Jacob Hickson is saying. <laughs> Important <laughs> and so, distinction. And so the Mongols uh, legal team is saying, hey, no. What he did was an individual act. Regardless yeah. of what he thinks, and if you look at our Constitution, there is no person uh, you know, that's going to be responsible for it other than this individual's action. Yeah, like I said... He's saying that it was a criminalization, but because that's what he was doing on the yeah. side. It wasn't a part of the group. So don't punish the group for what the individual was doing. Right. And that he was the person that brought all these bad individuals in to begin with. So punish him. Do what you need to do with him. But the group, don't fucking cripple the group for what he did. And so it went back and forth. And so he, they got an individual conviction on him, and they tried to apply the RICO Act towards the group. Now, they appealed it. The Mongols appealed it. And then they they won that appeal and they won that you know hey you you were a group it was an individual that you're punishing now and then of course the government they appealed it right it and just that's back and forth uh-huh. and that's what happened in December where you know they said hey no we're finding them as a group as a criminal organization and we're applying the RICO Act RICO Act to them as a group and the reason why this is a big deal is. And you look on their website, too, is because this might be a violation of your First Amendment rights, yeah. mm-hmm. which protects your right to assemble and, um, you know, pursuit of happiness and all that stuff. Yeah. So and not only does it apply to the Mongols, but it sets up a deadly presence just like, you know, the Patriot Act, you know, where it's just like, you know, the government can just say, oh, RICO Act, where you're part of a criminal organization just because, hey, someone did this on the side. So Eric over here. He basically can fucking be convicted of uh, uh, child pornography, and then they can try whoa, to. St- whoa, whoa, whoa! Why do we have to go like that, man? You couldn't have said that like I dick someone to death. All right, fine, go ahead. You <laughs> dick <going>. someone. <laughs> dick someone to death. Fuck you me. dick the seventeen-year-old. God damn. Well, okay. Bye. Fuck. Just let me use this example <laughs> real quick. All right. He gets convicted of child pornography, right? Right. And he's a part of the art. Can do America. Art imitates life, Eric. <laughs> so you imitate life sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, so All you're right. child pornography then? Are you're you? the child pornographer. The government. No, you. No. <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? The government can come in and say, "Hey, Rico Act," and say, "Hey, we're shutting this whole podcast down because right. of what Eric did." Right. Yeah. Now, me and Art can be like, "Oh wait, no, it's the Art and Jacob do America podcast <laughs> featuring Dr. Eric B. Castillo." We'll just take the featuring out. Yeah. 
Oh no, you got to shut all that yep. down. We're taking away your rock pop Funko thing. We're taking away all your coffee sponsors. We're taking away that American flag that you got <laughs> on your table. We're taking away everything, right? Dang. We're taking away those cookies Alex baked you for Christmas. We're taking away everything. Too late. They're all gone. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna yeah, have to throw them delicious. Up. <laughs> Get them out of there. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to shit in this bucket, sir. And so that's basically what's going on right here. Yeah. And so not only is it an attack on just them, but it sets up a deadly president. Precedent. President. There you go. Precedent. Sorry, my Alex Jones voice is hurt. <laughs> right? It's Delhi president for Joe Rogan, who's sending all people to the concentration camp. Anyway, <coughs> it set it up so that other motorcycle motorcycle clubs could, <coughs> such as the Hell's Angels, such as the Dragons, such as you know even even ones that are not one percenters, mm-hmm. the ninety nine percent. Now that we're looking at the fact that they might also have to deal with the fact that just wearing their patch, it could be considered a crime if mm-hmm. if things go the way that the, the federal government wants it to go. Basically, how they define the group. Basically, yeah. yeah. So, so it's going to be. So that's going to be. But again, you're, you're talking about um, uh, copyright infringement. You know, it, the fact that it's intellectual property. Um, what do we do about people that have this logo tattooed? Mm-hmm. Um, that's become a big point of contingency. Um, it's a pretty big blow and a pretty big issue. The fact that um, the pat, the the vest, the shirt, the weapons. Yeah, those are going to get confiscated. But rings, buckles, accessories, stuff like that, um, because they are. I, I believe it was because it's not considered to actually be used in obtaining whatever or, or used in performing whatever illegal activity they're accusing of. Yeah. It's it's not really you can't get rid of it. It's just an accessory. Cause like obviously a gun with the logo on it, well yeah, you can use a gun to to perform an illegal activity and the illegal activity. And the shirt and the vest, it can be considered it's being considered like an intimidation factor. Mm-hmm. And so it is also being used as a tool in performing certain illegal activities. But a ring or a belt buckle, especially if it's covered up by a shirt or whatever, is not going to be a necessary tool in performing. You know, what about these a acts. tattoo? Where and does so that fall? I don't know. I, I I don't know where that's in. That's part of their argument. Another argument that one of the, the Mongols lawyers made was that uh, you know if if you're you know if you're going to Laughlin and you see you know you're a police officer and you see all of these patches, all of these bikers, you know, let's say there's a hundred bikers, and you see. 10 Mongols and you can identify those 10 Mongols by their patch and you know that they are, you know, qualified as a criminal street gang, then don't you want that identifying factor? Don't you want to be able to pick them out of a crowd? I don't know. There's some argument back and forth for it. It's a really weird, honestly, kind of interesting case. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where nothing, nothing, nothing that ever stands alone. To Everything me, is connected. To me, Everything it feels is like, intricate. It feels like a waste of time on the government's part because it's like you're picking on one group of individuals even if all this stuff happened and i'm looking at some of the charges that they got found guilty for um and um, basically the amount of drugs that they found that they were legally that they actually found and submitted to court mm-hmm. um and the, the way the lawyer phrases is pretty funny he says it's about about as much as, as about as much drugs as you would find in a frat house uh, on a yeah, saturday night yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> and it's like you're using that amount of drugs to basically take away a group's first amendment rights you're spending all this first of all you're spending all this oh, money, money. Uh, on court fees and fucking you know just taxpayer dollars just to fight this one group and all you can find is like probably about like a jar of weed an amount of a jar of weed or probably like a line of coke and that's what you're gonna you're gonna use to fucking take away someone's first amendment rights to me like that that's First of all, waste of money. First of all, waste, of, and then second of all, waste of time. Well, see, but the, from the federal, federal government's viewpoint, if they can get this all locked up just the exact same way that they want, then all they need is one dude with 
you know, that much weed on them to fuck up. And then they can go in on all of the Hells Angels. Mm-hmm. They just need the one guy to, to, to fuck up, the criminal element to fuck up in the dragons. And fuck it. They can take down the entire group organization. That's the thing. It's, it's mm-hmm. not the Mongols are being picked on right now. Because there's a precedent that they're trying to set. Exactly. And yeah. that's and that's the thing. And that's again, and that's why I keep bringing it up. That's why it's so important. All the things that you define and all the things that you get set in stone, these are what are uh, these are what it would be illegal, these are what are <clears throat> threatening, and then these are the rings that we don't care about or the stuff that we can't confiscate. Mm. You know, I again I don't know what you're supposed to do about tattoo. It's def it's definitely not the same thing. But I mean, you got motherfuckers walking around with like SS and tattooed on the side of their skull yeah. or yeah. fucking swastikas. And it's like, and you know, and that's they're, okay. And they're, they're, they're motherfuckers, they're cocksuckers, but you know, they're still legally obliged to do that, you know? So how are you going to, how do you differentiate when you get to that point? You know what I mean? Um, that's, that's another big fucking issue. That's, that's why it's such a big deal right now. Um, Cause it's, yeah, it's, it's a huge first amendment, right? You know, the free, the freedom of uh, religion, the freedom to, uh, come together as a group, and and uh, which is exactly what it is, exactly what it was, you know, at the very beginning. What exactly what so many of these motorcycle clubs were at the beginning is it's groups getting together and uh, um, enjoying a common interest because they have a common background. Mm-hmm. To me, though, like you said, that whole presence. <clears throat> I'm saying that wrong. I'm sorry. I actually, I blame, got it right that time. I, I blame <laughs> Alex Jones. <laughs> it's setting up that precedence because and it's, that's dangerous because it's it's like the patriot act the patriot act like the fear over the patriot act and a lot of people are like well if you're not doing anything wrong you'll have nothing to worry about but we're seeing all these it's so much more than that yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 you like yeah no that's exactly why you can be not doing anything wrong like i said something could happen with art or some let's use art for example or myself or whatever i don't want your guys's happiness to be affected by that because of the president that this sets up yeah. you know what i'm saying like that's that's what's the fucked up part of it about it is is like any group can be targeted for this now. And the way the legal system works, and the way some crooked lawyers work is, is they can cite this as you know precedence and use this in court. Right. You know, I just got done doing jury duty uh, last month, and they keep citing like all these cases where like okay, they found a conviction for this, so we have to by law use it in this instance as well. And that's the unfortunate thing, too. If you get this one instance where it's just like it's clearly it's like individuals fucking up within a group, not the group fucking up like it, it messes up. Like you can find even like the Boy Scouts of America, you know, yeah. being yeah. getting fucked over because of this, you know, and it's just like that's and not just by the counselors. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's All what's right. fucked up about it. So <laughs> I don't know. On that note, you got anything more you want to say? Uh, what did the left breast say to the right breast? Let's. You're my breast friend. Oh. <laughs> but I'm tits. Damn, two Ooh. dad jokes in one week. <laughs> oh, you like that? Oh. You, and the drum roll was a That's dad right. Joke. That's right. You Three. know, that, that that whole joke, that joke is not for the breast friend part. It's for the ba-bum tits. That's that's the real punchline right there. So we got three dad that's jokes right. in this week. There you go. Shout out Elizabeth Warren. Shout out Elizabeth Jackman. Shout out <laughs> Not Daddy at Apparel. Type in E.D. Castillo at checkout. E.B. Castillo, Eric Ben Castillo at checkout at notdeadyetapearl.com. E.B. Castillo, 10% off. But they get what you mean if you type in E.D. Castillo. I don't think they do. Shout out Drew Brees for beating the Eagles. I am yeah. so glad that happened. Yeah, we just saw that fucking, that last interception. That was a heartbreaker. They showed, I don't know, I, I didn't catch because I'm not paying attention to the game. I'm paying attention you to this professional wonderful podcast. You professional you. You right. professional you. Um, I don't know who the receiver, the Eagles receiver was. It was but, Alshon Jeffrey. Was it Jeffrey? Okay, so he the ball went <laughs> right through his hands. Like, he, he had it. But if he, he should have caught the ball. Yeah. And uh, they showed him on the sidelines, and Nick Foles is trying to talk to him. 
like in his ear, like like tell him it's okay, it's cool, don't worry about it. And he's just looking straight ahead, and you can see his eyes are fucking red and puffy and shit. Like, oh, I feel bad for the dude. Feel Some, so bad. Somehow, for the dude. somewhere, someone's gonna have like that fucking Titanic song fucking playing on that right there. I would have joined you, but my voice hurts so much right now. <laughs> I'm just waiting for someone to put the fucking crying Jordan fucking face Alex on him. Joan, man. But yeah. Anyway, no, uh, yeah. So uh, I think I think that's we ended on uh, a uh, child molestation joke and a couple of dad jokes, and uh, I think I think it's about a point to wrap it up. That's when you know that podcast yeah. is over yeah. when you get fucking child molestation. All right, join the Facebook page. Like <laughs> that's the Facebook how you page. know. Yeah, that's how you know. Like the Facebook page. Join the Facebook group. Um, you know, go on to Apple, iTunes, go on, we are on Spotify, uh, Pocket Cast, go on to whatever your podcast your choice is, rate us and review us, let us know how we're doing, uh, good stuff, please, uh, and if bad stuff, just be, you know, kind about it, you know, don't be a dick. Uh, let's see, fucking Art, you can find him at Robots vs. Robots, that's Robots vs. Robots. Yes. Jacob basically is, uh, at Art and Jacob do America. That's right. And baby. you can find me at E.B. Castillo the first, that's with the number one on Instagram. I am also on Twitter at EB Castillo 2 uh, with a number 2 uh, I, 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 somebody I, took the 1? yeah somebody took the 1 yeah I don't know right. why uh, fucking uh, get on it we already said not dead yet apparel 10% off they do a lot of good stuff with EB Castillo 10% off um, and I think that's really about it as far as we got uh, shout out that's to it. shout out to your mom and your boo boo too tell your mom and your boo boo too there it is there it is I don't got anything else yeah, yeah it seems a little I checked my back I don't know is it just me or I, I think for me, it's just like I'm getting sick. Like as we're recording this right now, like the winds are blowing like 17 miles an hour, and yeah, it's like yeah, we're yeah. in the Aww, the bottom yeah. of the San Joaquin Valley where all the fucking pollution and bullshit's at. So when the wind blows here, fuck, some people get sick. So. Dude, I fucking uh, where I work, we have a like this this, this fucking scenic uh, empty plot of land across the street, and uh, the wind was blowing the other day, and there was like a dust devil tumble. Oh, and I, and I was just looking at it, and I was looking out the window at it, and I was like, ah, nothing quite like the. Uh, the sight of Valley Fever to really, really get to <laughs> really understand the beauty of Kern County yeah. and, and the, the Southern Central Valley. It's just majestic, really. Yeah. So with that said, everybody, <laughs> uh, I hope they find a cure for Valley Fever. And with that said, everybody, have a good night. Be good out there. We'll see you next week. Yes. Peeing on people. What? One year after I was out of office, I drove all over Minnesota with dreadlocks to my shoulders, the beard, no helmet, because we don't have a helmet law, and people were locking their doors. I had my Mongo colors on, and here I'm the governor. (laughs) It was great. Never recognized.